0: Chemist Warehouse June Catalog sale is on now. Find a massive of 30% off the Thompson's Vitamin
1: range. This is In The Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Red, 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 I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know. It is 7 o'clock, you are listening to SENZ, Mark Watson, alongside of me, all black great Justin Marshall, as we celebrate all things Crusaders rugby, a little segment we have every Monday night between 7 and 7.30, it's called In The Red, and Justin Marshall, the newest and one of only three members of the Crusaders Hall of Fame, inducted there on a Friday night. Uh, Justin, good evening, welcome.
0: Good evening, Mark, yep, and um, welcome to everybody joining us for In The Red, another Good result for the Crusaders at the weekend, so everybody should be in a pretty good mood.
1: Yeah, I I want to talk about that. Were uh, the Crusaders superb or the Waratahs a little underwhelming?
0: Oh, look, I certainly feel that the Crusaders, given their injuries um, and the fact that they had to put some players out there that, maybe they didn't think they would want to uh, around this stage of the season and equally against the Waratahs side that's been on a bit of a roll. I think they were four on the bounce that they'd won and they're just starting to find their rhythm. Um, So they're probably a little bit concerned about it, but I thought the team that went out there performed really well. Uh, There was a decent contest of it in the first quarter of the game where the Waratahs got on top early, but pretty much the Crusaders managed to resist the majority of that attack uh, and then basically ground their way into the game like they do and uh, scored some really nice tries. Um, So I thought they probably got out of the game exactly what what Scott Robertson would have liked them to get out of the game, given the team that he put out there and the quality of the opposition. But in that, the quality of the opposition was off. They they, they are usually a better side than that. We didn't see enough uh, consistency in their play. Uh, Some of their decision-making was poor, uh, they put a lot of ball on the ground. They got quite a bit of ball stolen at the breakdown. Players taking it into contact, got the ball ripped from their grasp, which doesn't happen that often. Mm. And then tactically, they just made some bizarre decisions, including when they, under massive pressure, uh, they managed to force a line out by holding up uh, David Havillie. I think it was. Oh, no, no. Actually, I digress. It was a little bit later in the game. Um, they went back for a penalty on the Haveli one, but they had managed to hold another player up over the line. And for their 22 dropout, they, they put it in the air inside the 22. <laughs> so they didn't kick it long at all to relieve the pressure they'd just been under. Mm. And no one competed for it. They gifted it back to the Crusaders, basically, and six phases later conceded a try. And I was just scratching my head going, hmm, what the hell were you up to there?
1: The injury concern to David Harveely at second 5-8. Um, Jack Goodyew having a week off, but you'd imagine Jack Goodyew will be back this week. You've got Dallas McLeod who can also play at second 5-8. How do things start to shape up in midfield with the injuries they have had looking forward to this game this weekend against the Hurricanes?
0: Well, the good thing about, as you mentioned, the centre situation is they've got plenty of options. They play, play They at a late, Last minute change. They played listifying Nuku there on the weekend. He was named on the wing, but then had to shift to centre um, because uh, you know when you've got that ability to shift from wing to centre, then you're you're well serviced in that department because you've got a guy that can play both those positions that can slot in and play them both quite you know equally, quite as good as the other. So that's that's a real good headache to have. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, Dallas McLeod can sh- uh, slot in there. Um, you know, Jack Goodhue finding his way back into the side and, and getting himself uh, consistent rugby is probably the key for him. But probably their most consistent performer, arguably, throughout the season has been David Havili. He's been kind of their rock. At times, uh, Mo'onga's been uh, missing the Expert, or Eno's been missing, or find who's played centre, or Dallas McLeod's played twelve. But in general, most of the season, apart from when he had a bit of a shoulder niggle, David harvelli has been their most consistent player that just performs week in and week out. And he gives he gives them good options. He he steps in as a good kicking option. He comes in as a first receiver. You'll notice a lot on their strike plays from um Scrum and from line out, the Crusaders often sit. Mo'onga in behind him, or whoever's playing first five, and he becomes kind of like the playmaker, decision maker. Um, And it often goes directly to him. He has wingers running off him inside and out. He has centres coming on the short line. Um, He has fullback out wide, and then he has the first five, which is usually Mo'onga drifting in behind. And he's just very good in, in, in that capacity to make good decisions to hit the right player. So, yeah, look, they can cover his loss but equally you know nobody replaces the skill set he brings so they lose a little bit of their game plan for the time that he's going to be out and with a bad hamstring tear you know you'd be thinking it's at least minimum of four weeks
1: Of probably even bigger concern the injury to Cullen Grace at eight, Um, clearly we didn't have Scott Barrett playing on the weekend I'm not sure what the situation Mm. is with Ethan Blackadder but how do you replace Cullen Grace? How does your loose forward trio look for this game this weekend?
0: Well, you know, you've got to look at Christian Leo Willie's situation as well because he limped Of course, off yeah, absolutely. Not looking – he didn't look very good when he limped off. Um, you know, it took him a long time to get to the sideline and he had to stop two to three times just to regroup and then try to make his way there. So you would think that his injury – isn't some unless it was real bad cramp, um, but I haven't heard anything more about his injury. But it didn't look great, so you lose another cog in that loose forward wheel. Um, how far away Ethan Blackadder is, is your guess is as good as mine? Um, again, the one common denominator in this mix seems to be um, Tom Christie, who just keeps trucking on, keeps fulfilling his role. So. They've got good reassurance in that jersey. But as in, like you said, number eight and blindside, they'll be starting to get a little bit worried. Now, look, the, I guess the one positive is, what I that should it come down to the nitty-gritty, they, they've they got Sam Whitelock back. And I thought Sam Whitelock was very close to being the best Crusader on the field. In mm. fact, I, I see the Crusaders themselves, uh, named Richie Moonga, as their player of the of the round. But in my mind, I thought, quite convincingly, I thought, no disrespect to Richie. I thought Sam Whitelock was he was next level mm. energized. He played well. He set up tries. He he tackled. He got crucial turnovers. He was the Sam Whitelock you would expect. I thought, you know, he deserved probably the recognition of being the player of the day. But back to my point is they've got Sam Whitelock back and fit and enthused about getting back on the rugby field. Quinton Strange slots in there seamlessly, plays good rugby. You could move Scott Barrett to the blind side. Yep. You know, should they need it, and and they don't, they wouldn't lose anything by doing that with his worth work ethic and work rate. So, they can have that ability to have players sort of shift around in and amongst there. But yeah, it is a bit of a concern that the depth is starting to be. Hurt
1: in that area. Yeah, Zach Gallagher is another one that came off the bench too and he clearly mm. can play lock as well so that does give them some options at yep. least in the locking department and then do we rely on the Centurion for the Blues uh, John Arthoa? Is he likely to <laughs> is He likely to start a game for the Crusaders this week? The, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well,
0: yeah but oh, I know I'm sure you don't Oh, hey, this it is a Crusader show I love the you.
1: Crusaders, mate it's my team for the next half an hour. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, mate and uh you know, John John Afoa, uh, you know what you're going to get out of him. Even at that age of 39, he went out there, he held up his side of the scrum, he, he got at least one scrum penalty for collapse on his side. He got around the field. Um, hey, look, I, I'm sure by his own admission, he's not the player that he was, but he's still able to fulfil and slot into a position where they're really struggling and do a very good job. Um, you know, he's not going to play 80 minutes at any time in the future but he's still good and reliable enough to hold up his side of the scrum and get around the field he seemed to be able to do that at the weekend and the game you know did have quite an open flow about it so he didn't look like he was um absolutely gassed at any stage so yes i'd imagine that he's still very much in their plans to move forward obviously to williams for some reason. Um, was asked to have a rest. Now you would imagine that that's come from the top, uh, which means that he's being looked at, or possibly Razor felt he needed one. But that there was no, there's been no real talk about that. Mm. So I, I'm thinking there's probably been some messaging that hey, we're, we're really looking at this guy. He's played lots of minutes. Um, he needs a bit of a spell before finals football, but. Front row is a concern for them, big time. They, they are thin in that department. They would not want to lose either Brodie McAllister or Cody Taylor at any time in the finals because they are decimated um, up front and uh, they don't have many resources left at hooker. So it is a concern, the front row, more than any other part, uh, positions on the field.
1: You are listening to In The Red. Mark Watson alongside me, All Black. Great crusader great justin marshall celebrating all things crusaders rugby the chemist warehouse the real house of fragrances we'll take a break we'll come back with more yes all black great justin marshall alongside of me mark watson celebrating all things to do with crusaders rugby um justin you were talking about the real challenges for the front row for the crusaders and just the sheer number of injuries highlighted by the fact that john r fire Came in, um, you know, 100 games for the Blues, and here he is at 41 years of age playing for the Crusaders. So, the question I've got is then what sort of side do they put out this week against the Hurricanes? Do they put a full strength side out, or do they put out a second string front row, knowing that really they can't finish probably any lower than where they are on the table, which is second?
0: Yeah, it's a good question, actually. Uh, and you know, I actually forgot to say before when you did ask me about um, the centres and David Havili, who's been in such good form, uh, and, and given that both teams did approach it in the right manner, I thought it was a bit of a shame that we didn't get to see Havili versus Geordie uh, Barrett um, because you would think they're going head-to-head direct for that 12 jersey for the All Blacks, uh, and obviously the Hurricanes haven't played. The Crusaders so far this year, it was the one opportunity where we could see these two guys go hit, you know, go go at each other. And um, now with Avili out, that won't happen. But yeah, back to your question, Um, it's really interesting, isn't it? Uh, Where 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 they have their mindset? Um, I think we sort of spoke about it yesterday uh, about. I mean, my point is, do do, do,
1: do you risk your stars this week and save them, or do you put your best team out and get some momentum?
0: Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? You know, like, um, the hard thing about it is, Watto, that when you're at this stage of the season, and I know through my time with the Crusaders, when we were hitting this part of the season, we weren't looking to hold back, put it that way. We were looking to make statements in the last two to three rounds of the comp, um, in the regular round, Robin, to... Put uncertainty to a degree maybe a bit of respect if not that hopefully a bit of fear in the opposition that we were should you come to get us ready to rock and roll we were on good form we had players playing well we had real rhythm in our game plan and we weren't going to back off and uh, I'm, I'm of the mindset that that's Scott Rabins uh, Razor Robinson's thought process as well uh, I certainly feel that they've got to sort of probably macro manage a few areas that are of concern should they, you know, suffer more problems in a game. But I don't ever feel that, you know, it's all about planning for the worst. It's just about dealing with what what is in the now. Um, And the now is just, you know what, we'll put out our best side. If it's John Afoa at tight end prop, then he's there and we just get on with it. And if we somehow miraculously get... David Harvilli back in a couple of weeks, three weeks out of the blue, then that's great. But right now, at the moment, we're just going to put our best side out and stop us if you can, Hurricanes. Uh,
1: Justin, I'd like you to just, you've been there. Just take us through how... the the week in the lead up to a game works how much do you build your game plan around your opposition is it 80% you stick to what you do and your structures and then you tweak it based on what they do offensively and perhaps the way they set up defensively and every team will be slightly different I mean how does that work when do you sit down when when are those conversations had does everybody look at the video Um, just just talk us through that process.
0: Yeah, it's a good question, uh, Watto, and um, absolutely you you do break down the game and break down the week um, around the opposition and the team you're playing. Uh, The coaches, believe it or not, would have done their research for this particular game at the weekend to put it in perspective to people listening two weeks ago, sometimes even three weeks ago. They are working behind the scenes looking at their future games and starting to already plan towards what they're going to do and looking at trends, getting algorithms, uh, and then starting to think about how they uh, put pressure on the opposition and how they slightly tweak their game plan. But they don't tell or talk to the players about that. Then come to this week, come Monday, they will present to the players a picture. And the players will look at it and they'll say, well, this is what we've seen. This is the trends of the Hurricanes. This is where they're strong. Um, they will certainly say one guy that we want to keep out of the game as much as we can would be Adi Savier. So we've sort of got a game plan around keeping him out of the game as much as we can, and when he is in the game, putting him under the most pressure that we can so that he doesn't thrive. And then secondly, they will go, this is where they're strong, this is where we're strong, this is where we feel we can attack you. Uh, then what do you think? And then they'll give it over to the leadership group who will, who will be in charge of game plan, line-out calls, scrum attack, and they will have their input. And then they'll correlate what the players think with what the coaches have seen and go into the week of training uh, to beat the Hurricanes. And, and that's the process.
1: And equally, the Hurricanes will be doing the same thing. OK, so from what you've seen yep. of this Hurricanes team, what, what will be... You've mentioned clearly not everybody knows it's take Artie Severe out of the game and I think you go a long way to shutting down that guy that sort of mm. uh, leads the way and everybody sort of follows. Uh, but the other areas that yeah. they will be concerned about that they'll be highlighting?
0: Well, they'll be worried about them getting too much good quick ball because if Roygaard gets on the front foot, he's he's dangerous. Um, they will be looking to put a heap of pressure on their, on their tens because they'll feel that that's an area that the Hurricanes are growing. Um, they've got Brett Cameron back. Um, Aidan Morgan's been going well. But in general, it's an area that the Hurricanes have had a hole and a void that they haven't replaced since Bowden Barrett. So they'll look to heap a lot of pressure on that jersey. Uh, and and um, if I could give people an idea of, well, what do you mean by that? Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the All Blacks, every time Quade Cooper gets the jersey on, uh, for the Waterbees, the All Blacks know that he does not like people getting under his skin, cramping his time, putting him under pressure, tackling him to the ground, and letting him know that he's that he's um, he's not as pretty as what he think he thinks he is. Believe me, and he's never played well against the All Blacks. Quade Cooper, if you go across all the Test matches, and that's so that's the All Blacks just being smart and picking on them, picking on a player every time. He must feel awful. He must be thinking, "Oh no, I've got these guys at the weekend. There'll be twenty-three of them coming at me and making my life a misery." That's, yeah, that's but, the but, way that they. I think they'll go at the Hurricanes. They'll go at that jersey really hard because they won't want Proctor, uh, Ryassi, um and, and Co. Morby. They won't want those guys getting into the game. Naholo. They want to shut them down. So they'll try and do it before they can get ball. And then secondly. They will go hard at the Type 5. I thought the Chiefs, Hurricanes put up a decent fight against them. Yes, no, Adi Savia, but I thought in that game, in horrible conditions, the Chiefs, when they got into the 22, they just got physical with that tight 5, and they just bullied them a bit, and the Crusaders, I think, will target that zone as well.
1: We touched yesterday on Walker Lewery, the lock for the Hurricanes, and his mm. sort of rise, but... Perhaps the one area of weakness is discipline for him. Is that a discussion where you try and try and niggle or try and exploit the discipline of a player, knowing that you know they can lose it and they can give penalties away, that you can live rent-free inside their head, which leads to them doing dumb things?
0: Yep, yep. It's, it's just a little bit of needle, you know, like just uh, just a little bit.
1: Well, half-back's just a little bit. The thing that you've got
0: to be very careful yeah, just <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, yeah. you know, we've got extremes in this, haven't we? Yeah, really well, yeah. when you think about it, yeah. but um, yeah, th- th- there's there's a there's a balance to get right, and that's not overemphasizing the opposition too much. So, like I said, they'll probably go real hard at that ten jersey and arty keeping him out of the game, and then in their big team dynamic, they'll they'll say get physical, particularly in the twenty two with the forward pack, make them make tackles, make them keep getting up. But they won't try and focus too much on all individuals because that then takes away their pattern and their thought process. But in the back of their minds, they will look at discipline. And all those algorithms I'm talking about, they will look at, this is how unbelievably, uh, down to the um, sort of second in the game that, that, that is now analysed, they'll be able to look at their football field on a on a pitcher the analysts will put it up there and he'll have red dots all over the field at where the hurricanes give away their penalties the majority of the time and so they'll go okay this is where they really feel the heat and they and they get they they their discipline waivers and secondly they'll have a list of players up there and these are their major infringers and alongside that it'll also have these guys also when they majorly infringe get yellow cards that's how much research they do. So, yeah, Walker La- La- Lawery will definitely be in their, in their sights. But it might not be in a team focus, but the players will be aware of it because they would have been given
1: that information. Mm. A loss for the Crusaders this weekend. Would it be a major setback heading into the playoffs or would they just look at this as, you know, just part and parcel and the lack of depth and they've got the experience, they've got the history, um, they've got the legacy to just continue to move forward?
0: No, in my, in my mind, um, I've always got yeah. a huge amount of respect for the Hurricanes because they're such a dangerous side. And to be honest, if there was ever a side I really didn't want to meet come finals football, it was them because they were just capable on their day. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was, they came down to Christchurch and they put the Crusaders away. They just produced a performance. They're capable of doing that. So you do not want to give them any form of, of confidence, You don't want to show any vulnerability against them. You want to keep, for the one of the old rugby cliche, the foot on the throat. Keep them down and don't let them puff their chest out. They're too dangerous a side to allow to do that. If I'm Razor and I'm Sam Whitelock and I'm that team, Scott Barrett, all their key decision makers, their big players, I'm thinking don't give them a sniff, boys. Just put them away on their home patch. They're not going to be back there because it's unlikely they'll have any home... Um, Finals football just don't make them feel good because if they do, they could come and bite us in the ass at some stage in, in, in finals football, even in a final. So, no, they won't. They won't button off, mate. I surely hope they don't. I, I think I know them well enough that they'll go at them
1: uh, big time. Chemist Warehouse, Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. Your DHL Super Rugby Crusader of the Round, Justin.
0: Yeah, I think I gave it away early because I forgot about the the, the DHL <laughs> Crusader of the Day when I said more. More on I got it, but uh, no, Sam Whitelock for me. I thought some of the things he did in that game were just what the team needs when when particularly they've got a few players out and a few big players, and they started to suffer some injuries. He just kept going and going and going as you expect, and uh, his leadership and the 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 I guess the involvements he had in the game. We're all of the highest quality. So, yeah, Sam Whitelock gets that award this week.
1: Okay, and your DHL Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Round.
0: Yeah, like yesterday, uh, I mentioned the Blues (laughs) performance. It was outstanding. And uh, I thought they really stepped it up a notch after, um, you know, probably having a couple of average performances, albeit one of them a winning one, um, and then a loss to the Crusaders. But Mark Talia uh was absolutely outstanding some of the some of the things he'd done in that rugby field is exactly what we want from an all-black wing at a rugby world cup just frightening the hell out of the opposition because he's got such freakish touches uh and and a little mention too to Bryce Heenwaddo because I want you to keep a smile on your face for the rest of the evening, yeah,
1: buddy. Yeah, be rude not to. I mean, earlier, earlier tonight you were talking about the match-up, the all-black match-up between Harveley, and I was like, did you listen to nothing yesterday, Justin? Did you <laughs> listen to nothing, mate? We was Bryce in the conversation. Anyway, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Mm. Catch the action live on Sky Sport or get your tickets at superrugby.co.nz. That is another edition. Justin, look, have a great week, and we'll do it all again on Sunday, my good man.
0: I will, mate. I'm looking forward to the weekend. should be a battle between the Crusaders and the Hurricanes, and I've got two very nice bottles of Central Otago Pinot on the game with some mates from up there as well, and one of them's Nisbo, so I'm hoping the Crusaders turn up and get stuck in, but it should be a great game. Everyone tune in.
1: Fantastic. Justin Marshall there, all-black great, and of course now Crusader. Hall of Fame inductee, just one of three alongside of Wayne Smith and Todd Blackout, a great initiative from the Crusaders. Just want to again acknowledge the Chemist Warehouse, acknowledge DHL for their continued support of SENZ. And just on that, if you hear any particular advertisers, brands being advertised on this station and they are part of any sort of future purchasing decision, please go with the brands that support us. They allow us to go to air, hopefully allow us to entertain you, uh, keep you intellectually stimulated. Mind you, a lot of people have never said that I've kept anybody intellectually stimulated. That is us. We come back, we will talk Moana Pacifica. We will talk Pacific flair with Peter Alatini.